When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Out of the Box Podcast has returned, and as apparently per usual, we've got so much to cover beyond the movie that we will discuss on this edition of Out of the Box Office. I'm Greer Robertson, my partner Tom Canterbury, sporting his Cubs jersey on what was jersey day at school. Yes, yes. So, of course, I had to wear my Chicago Cubs jersey, Anthony Rizzo, as I weep that he's no longer a Cub. Yes, very relevant. Yeah. And we are so happy to be joined by our guest coming on to discuss her favorite film a little bit later and some other stuff prior to that. Sam Fisher, you know her as an LMU lion. You know her as one of the faces of Athletes Unlimited and also somebody who just shot up the rankings this past summer. Samu, how are you? You know what? I'm so good. Also, sorry, Tom, but (laughs) co-Yankees. Ah, you're welcome. We are off to a great start. <laughs> so I'm so glad we decided that oh, we won that one World Series. Now let's give all the players away. Yeah. Why would why would we want to keep any of them? That's silly. Ah, that's silly. Oh man, we've got so much to cover before we get to our movie that we will dive into. And oh, it will be a thorough edition of Out of the Box Office. It's not a short movie. It's not. It's not. Yeah, the note-taking process was lengthy for this one. But before we get to that, we've got a lot that we need to cover. First off, I want to open uh, just sending our thoughts to our friends in Florida, especially with the FGCL and all the people we know down there. Hurricane Ian has done some pretty horrible things the last 48 hours down in that state. Uh, Sam, I know you've got a lot of friends down there yeah. as well from the softball realm. And and we just want to you know send our thoughts and prayers to everybody down there. And um, I, I know there are a lot of places to donate. Uh, the Florida Disaster Fund and uh, the Red Cross and all those great places. It, it's just, it's, it's really tough to see a really beautiful state just get ripped up by the storm. I mean, like I, being from California and, and living on the West Coast, it's so foreign to me that the stuff that they have to deal with and like prepare for, and then seeing cars underwater. And it's just such, I mean, it just seems like such a disaster. And it's so just scary that they're going through it. Really tough, but you know, if there's uh, one group of people that that can handle it and know what they're doing to go through, is it's Floridians. So they'll that they'll come back bigger and stronger as as yeah. this rolls through. Can't keep Florida man down. No, as they say. Another thing that we need to cover: Tom has yet to publicly give his thoughts on Alabama's new pitching coach, Lance McMahon. Yes, we have hung out with Lance two or three times since he arrived on campus. We did the show with Tara for Moneyball. It's just me. And we talked about it there. But now, Tom, you have the floor. What is Tom's take on Alabama new pitching coach Lance McMahon? Uh, I'm, I'm really excited for him to, uh, to see what type of uh, fingerprints he can put on this uh, pitching staff. Uh, I think the most important thing for him coming in is going to be working on developing the, the depth in, in the uh, overall uh, pitching staff that Alabama has, you know, and I'm sure he's going to help Montana Fouts too. Everybody can benefit from, from good coaching for sure. But 
the most important thing is to build up that depth. And, and we're going to see, I think, you know, in fall ball right off the bat. And then as we get into the season, the improvement and the continued development of that staff, including uh, Esmon just coming in. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Sydney little John Watkins mentioned a couple weeks ago that Lance was there to help out with AU tryouts a couple years ago, Sam. So I'm not sure if you've had any run-ins with Lance. I, I, um, I wasn't at tryouts last year, but he came this year um, just for a weekend and he threw some BP and he's a very cute dog. Like she's agreed. She's so cute. Right. And her name's Rosin creative. (laughs) (laughs) We love it. This is now two shout outs for Rosin on the out of the box podcast. So Rosin is gonna, I guess we're going to talk about, I don't know. What's a good dog movie for Rosin to dissect in the box office. No, (laughs) we got to stop doing movies where I cry. This has to stop. I'm here. I want comedy and jovialness. Tom Next. just wants joy. That's all I he want. Just wants joy. <laughs> <laughs> just wants joy. So with Lance McMahon at Alabama, uh, we've had the softball news continuing to roll out. Fall practices have started. I've stopped by. Tom, you haven't had a chance to, but I know you will as soon as you can. Absolutely. And today, the SEC conference slate came out, and Alabama's is the following. You start with a bye week, and I think we know where we're going. I think Murph has already announced it on this podcast previously, but I'm not sure he put a date on it, so I won't say what it is. The conference slate is Arkansas at home, at Tennessee, at Missouri, South Carolina at home, at Mississippi State, Auburn at home, LSU at home, and at Ole Miss. So for Alabama, I circled the first three weeks, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Missouri, especially with Knoxville and Columbia on there. That is maybe where we find out if Alabama can win this conference or not. Yeah, it's, it's quite the gauntlet to start things off. And we've seen uh, last few years what has happened between Alabama and Arkansas has had huge ramifications on who wins the league. Or even, you know, Arkansas winning uh, a couple of years ago, Alabama is the only team that beat them. Right. So I mean, there's regardless on whether it will ultimately decide who the champion is, it will make its mark on whether or not either one of those teams is available to win it. So, I mean, it's one of those things where you can't win it to start off with, but you can, you know, you can put yourself behind the eight ball really quickly with that gauntlet to start things off for Alabama. Yeah. And same deal for Arkansas week one, they get Texas A&M at home, you know, have fun, Trisha Ford. Mm-hmm. Week two is at Alabama. Week three is Florida in Fayetteville. Mm. I circled that immediately. And then Arkansas closes at Kentucky, Tennessee at home, at Missouri. Now, we're going to talk about Missouri a lot later. I have some thoughts, and that's kind of one of the teams I'm concerned about in terms of making an upward trajectory going into 2023. But Columbia is not an easy place to play. And then Alabama, Florida back-to-back. I mean, we're going to find out a lot about a very young Razorback team as well. Right, because I mean, we we talked about it before, and we'll obviously talk a whole lot more about it later. But the the amount of production that Arkansas is losing off of last year's team, we're going to find out a whole lot about the uh, the recruiting uh, abilities of Courtney Diefel. Yes. That's for sure. Anything else jump out on this schedule? We'll obviously do a more of a deep dive when we do media days and fall ball and all that stuff. There was one thing that I wanted to point out: poor South Carolina. Just a gauntlet of a road schedule at Mississippi State coming off a trip to Supers at Alabama, at Georgia, a team that I am very high on this year. And then they close at Tennessee. That Wow. Yeesh. Not not great, Bob. No, no, no it is not. And uh, speaking of teams with question marks, South Carolina. So mm. to begin with, 
Uh, that, that is that is really, really rough. Yeah, and then one more, Georgia, a team, again, I'm really high on. Middle of the conference slate, back-to-back at Arkansas at Florida. But they, you know, looking at what they have to start off with, they have a chance to have a pretty dang good record going into those two series. Yeah. But it, that is that is a tough one to punch, though, in the middle. Yeah, so – Bottom line, you know, you can find the full schedule online, secsports.com. There have been many releases. Tom, we will, again, as I said, do a full in-depth deep dive at a later date once we have had time to study. I've got a lot circled on here and plenty of big ideas to consider once we get to that point. I do like that uh, Alabama is home for Easter weekend, which is, you know, that's always a coin flip. And so that's week five against South Carolina. And then you're on the road to end the regular season. At, at Oxford for Ole Miss. I uh, wonder if that means we'll just go straight to Fayetteville from there mm. and maybe an extra day of barbecue for us. Oh, oh no. That's the most that thing. That's, be... that's what I am most concerned about is the food eating that will be happening in Fayetteville during the SEC tournament. Also, I have Alabama at Tennessee circled as a heavy potential Saturday, Sunday, Monday series. And I think there Probably. could be a couple on here as well. Sam Fisher is here. Sam, I do you have any thoughts on the SEC schedule? <laughs> Roll tide. There you go. That's it. End of list. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, I did want to get your thoughts on your bestie, Amanda Chittister, going to coach at Michigan. That has been a school that has seen a lot of turnover, both uh, personnel-wise with transfer portal situations in the offseason and then coaching with Hutch suddenly retiring uh, about a month ago, and your bestie is joining staff with new head coach Bonnie Thal. Listen, I think the sun shines out of Amanda Chittister's butt. Okay, so it's really this is wow, this is that's so fantastic. That's a rave review. <laughs> that, that, yeah, okay. I would say so. That's a positive thing. I think five out of five stars. Um, but I think what's really interesting about Chitty is that she does not have coaching experience she coached one year at Duke which was before they had a season and it was not the coaching experience that a lot of these coaches have to then get a big job like Michigan and I think what's interesting about her is that it doesn't matter like I've been around her as a player and as somebody who learns from her and I think she's just going to excel more than she realizes in this position because one concern for her was when she went in and talked with Bonnie is I want to coach. I don't want to do all the pay. Like I don't want to be 75% in the office and 25% with these kids. Like I want to go and I want to coach. And I think that she's going to make such an impact and, and really just take Michigan where they should be going. Something else I was curious about, you got a lot of people at athletes unlimited who are up for coaching positions. And that's something, you know, we know some of them who went and interviewed places this past year. Is that something that's discussed at all amongst the players, you know, kind of getting background on head coaches. Maybe they don't really know that well. Totally. And what's cool too, is we have our group meet with everybody and people will post in there be like, Hey, so-and-so is looking for an assistant. So-and-so is looking for this. And so it's really, it's really a nice community to find jobs and also get feedback on jobs. Um, And it's cool because I feel like we're starting to see more of these players getting into these coaching roles rather than someone who's maybe just been coaching for a long time and has built that coaching resume because there's so many talented players out there who have done it and who know what it takes. So putting that experience into a coaching role, I think is, I think is going to be really beneficial for these kids. Yeah. I like that. I like, you know, and again, they also get to meet a lot of players who maybe just came from those schools. Totally. 
stuff yeah. like that. That's that oh, yeah. really fun. Sam Fisher joining us here for Out of the Box. We're about to dive into the Out of the Box office portion. We do have a couple updates. You know, we're going to start preparations for media days in the coming weeks. We're going to start putting together our road schedule once we officially get the schedule and we'll let you know where we're going to record from around the country. But it wouldn't be an out-of-the-box podcast without Off the Wall. Mm. Mm. But great, it's the off-season. Surely oh. people are not saying stupid things online. Tom, <laughs> stupid things online has no off-season. <laughs> Apparently not. There is there is no stopping wow. craziness. Let's first dive into some Facebook frequently asked questions. Uh. So... No, I don't know. I, I cannot tell you how the season's going to go based on what happened on the first day of practice mm. is the first thing I would like to point out. I, I went I appreciate through. I appreciate people thinking that I can I, I can extrapolate that, but I can't on, on one day of throwing and hitting the ball a little bit. Good vocab. Thank you. I went through some of the recent posts and found some of the questions for us to answer. These are questions actually asked by legitimate people with internet. When will the schedule be out? <laughs> the schedule has come out the same time every year. I've been doing this, Tom. Can yeah. you? Yeah. Uh, it's the bye weekend for football. So unless something changes, the end of October, you will see the entirety of the 2023 Alabama softball schedule. When does the season start? <laughs> February. Probably around the same time it started for 27 years. Look look around the Super Bowl right there. <laughs> this It doesn't change. Although that has been something some coaches have expressed interest right. in. Sure. Uh, unless we make a crazy announcement or the NCAA says something crazy, the season starting will not change. A big deal will be made if that happens. Yes, that will be will know. heavily, heavily covered. Will more games be on TV? I don't know. There are hundreds of college softball teams out there who are asking the same question. I would like to point out, though, that when you're in the SEC and also the ACC and a couple other conferences – Every home game is on some kind of platform, whether it be streaming or actual television. Every conference game will be on some kind of platform. And based on the schedule I've seen, I'm not sure there will be a single Alabama softball game this year, maybe one or two, where you do not have the capability to watch it. And you will be able to listen to all of those. Right. So, Which has always been the case. Yes. Yes. Will more games be on TV? I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah. And again, schedule not out yet. We don't know what the, the tel, TV can't make the schedule until the schedule. Happens. Right. And even then it'll be like two weeks before the season right. starts when you get the TV schedule. They're kind of busy with other stuff right now. Finally, something that uh, caught our attention. We were called out, I guess. I don't know. Um, the insinuation was laziness. I don't really know. Tom, mm. I don't want to name names. No, but. What were your thoughts on the situation I am alluding to? Uh, sorry that we have lives and other things going yeah. on. There are other sports happening. I do I do the PA announcing for soccer. Gray does TV for soccer, volleyball. I do some volleyball as well. Stats for basketball. Things are happening. Plus regular jobs and lives. So, you know, in the off season, we don't get paid for this podcast. No, we don't. It's, a little, it's so, you know, we can only do so much. Uh, so it is not a amount of laziness. It is just having the time to do things. Yeah. Or um, getting beat in this particular situation. Yeah, the yeah. insinuation was that we were beaten to something. Mm. Uh, we have something planned. Right. That we will announce later. Yeah. Not again, gonna, not going to show our hands. Yeah. Showing 
how much information are you really getting before anyone's gone on the practice field? Yeah. Yeah. Sam's heard the video. I just, live for the drama. It just seemed unnecessary. It just seemed it unnecessary. unnecessary. Right. I thought I thought we were good. I don't know. We were friends. Oh, man, that's who knew the off season <laughs> again. Hashtag off the wall. There is no stopping no. anything. Any other off the wall thoughts, Tom, you want to dive into? Um, I saw one actually today. Uh, <laughs> Great. That I was Hot to, off the press. Right. Hot off the press said, uh, I think it was something to the effect, Hope Murph has recruited some pitchers. Montana can't pitch every game. There are three other pitchers on the staff. Like right now, look at the roster. We know. That's kind of, yes. Thank you. The roster page is in the same it's, spot it's, it's been forever. The Facebook is on the internet, just like everything else is on the internet. If you can get on the Facebook, you can get on the internet and look at the roster. And I'm sure I'm sure Patrick Murphy realizes, you know what? It's probably not a good idea for Montana Fouts to pitch 60-some-odd games. <laughs> I think he probably knows in, all, in his Hall of Fame mind that, yeah, that's probably a good idea. That, you know, even Monica Abbott took some days off every once in a while yeah every now and then never when she played against me <laughs> that's fair just saying, just saying. Uh, yeah that was another thing when they did the uh, the posts about the new players that didn't have names on it because i like the clean caption they were the names are on each individual picture everybody was saying who are these people and, who who <laughs> Uh, the roster page. Also, right. click the picture in the. <laughs> also, right there. there, it's right there on the comments. Right. Oh man. Mm. All right, I feel cleansed. Yes. I feel cleansed again. I don't want to do this segment. Why do we have to continue? <sighs> it's tough. It's the off season. And yet, you know, here we are. It's it's tough to let it go. Oh. And that is my somewhat sloppy transition to never letting go. I'll never let go. Alongside special guest Sam Fisher, my partner Tom Canterbury, I'm Gray Robertson, and this is Titanic. favorite movie a movie that is a masterpiece in a lot of ways one of the most heralded movies of all time in more ways than one this is also a very long movie it is one of the more just interesting production stories you'll ever find and we are picking titanic you know a little bit because of the conversation we had last time sam was on during the greatest showman but also because it's a movie that tom and i both enjoy and sam it's your favorite Samu, why do you love Titanic? It's got everything. It's got love. It's got action. It's got thrill. It's got tears. It's got old people. It's got young people. There's dogs. It has everything. Everything. It has Celine Dion. Oh, we will cover mm. Celine Dion. Yes. As we Tom, as we what, what does this movie mean to you? Well, I've, I've been a Titanic buff for most of my life. There was a National Geographic documentary that came out when I was like seven or eight years old about when they discovered the Titanic. And I just remember being fascinated by it. And so I've been, you know, a, an amateur Titanic historian for, <laughs> for my life. And so, I mean, so just, and we'll talk about it when we talk about the movie, but you know, the fact that they went, they actually 
shot at the the wreckage and all that. I thought that was just amazing. And, and that was what really brought me into the Titanic to begin with as a little kid, you know, kind of the same way that, you know, boys especially, but kids really love dinosaurs because they like to just dig. And, you know, so I, I thought it was kind of a similar situation. You know, this is a cool shipwreck. But then as you get older, you kind of learn about all the stories and, and you learn that these are real people that and this is a terrible tragedy that happened. So there, there's so many different layers to it. And I, I've always loved Titanic and, and loved all the different things. You know, historically in English, there are three events that have the most books written about it. Hmm. It's Jesus Christ or, or books or events lives, Jesus Christ, the American Civil War and the Titanic. Hmm. Wow. So it's, it's, it's fun fact. Yeah. Fun fact. I'm full of them. They're coming up as a move. This is going to be a a lengthy (laughs) podcast. And also, you know, shout out to Titanic for being the saving grace for literally a every cable channel, because if you need six hours, (laughs) Titanic, TNT has six hours, clear Titanic, Mm. A&E's got Titanic. I'm old enough to have bought the VHS. That was cute. The two. (laughs) two cassettes i don't know what that is oh, i'm just wow. kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding you put it in a vcr you had to hit rewind and it, yeah it all happened. i've yeah. seen it on tv so much that when i watch it when it's just the movie like watching it on streaming or whatever i i can feel when the commercials are coming like i like the- right oh yeah <laughs> i agree all right let's dig into some basic information about titanic released december 19th 1997 this is the 25th anniversary of titanic ironic considering leah's you know situation with 25 year olds Mm. (laughs) directed and written by james cameron and i do want to spend a little bit of time talking about james cameron because what what an interesting filmography the terminator alien terminator 2 avatar comes a couple years later another avatar movie way of water also coincidentally with kate winslet in it coming out at christmas He's got three more after that. James Cameron, probably the most bankable director maybe ever. Spielberg had a great run early. The last couple of years, he's had some movies that haven't quite flown off the shelves box office wise. You know, James Cameron has two of the top three box office movies in worldwide history. It's really impressive. The, the bio or the filmography there, uh, starting with type with the Terminator uh that's kind of just he arrived with that one in terminator 2 like you can tell when you look at all those different movies that you that you pointed out there was some sort of like leap forward in something in cinema that that yeah. had never really been done before whether it's you know terminator 2 the the other terminator and, and hit the the different special effects that they use for that obviously avatar with all the stuff that it that it does and titanic as well sam are you interested at all in avatar way of water I watched the first Avatar um, on a bus once. It was that's, cool. That's They're exactly bright. how James Cameron intended right. it to be yes. seen. <laughs> no, I definitely I liked it, and I think I'll see I'll see the next one because it's obviously going to be amazing. Look, Way of Water. I some about James Cameron and just giant tanks. He loves it. Water. Tanks of he's, water. He's a fan of the water. He's a, he's a, he's yeah. an aquatics guy. <laughs> you know, we we love our water. The cast list, of course, stacked. Leonardo DiCaprio, ever heard of him? Kate Winslet, uh, Billy Zane, Kathy Bates, Francis Fisher, Bill Paxton, Gloria Stewart, just knocking it out of the park as mm. Old Rose. Yes. Rotten Tomatoes, 87%. Metacritic, 75 out of 100. 
a $200 million budget and they got it back with a $2.2 billion worldwide box office. With a B. With a B. That's third all time behind Avengers Endgame and Avatar. Wow. Which is crazy. And when when you see those budgets and you're like, how how can they spend that much money? And then you look, well, because they make it back. You got you got to spend money tenfold. to make money. Tenfold. Yep. Yeah. Literally tenfold. Yeah. There are obviously a bunch of uh, random facts about the movie. Sam, I, I sent you the list. And you're like, oh, I already knew all that. What's your favorite? <laughs> what's your favorite Titanic movie fact? So my favorite fact is about James Cameron, and it's that he spent more time with the ship than the actual passengers did because of how many dives he did down to the crash site. That. Wow. That's a, is that not fun? That's a fun fact. And Again, it loves water. Sure, he does. So much water. Like, I didn't know that uh, they use real caviar at dinner, yeah. which is $3,200 to $4,500 per pound. Whew. So excessive. I mean, we're going for the realism. Yeah. yeah. Um, the spike chowder with PCP. That's interesting. Leo ad-libbing on King of the World. I'm sure that will come up Mm -hmm. at some point. The casting decisions are very interesting. I like some of these. So for uh, the role of Jack, Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt, Jeremy Sisto, who at the time was famous for Clueless, and Matthew McConaughey, they were all in the mix. I don't know if it works with any of those. No, I can't see anybody but Leo doing it. Hard to picture. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe a young Cruise. I could maybe see it, but I don't know. Mm. Nah. It's funny because if any one of them would have gotten the part, and then we have this conversation later and be like, I could never picture Leonardo DiCaprio in that role. <laughs> right. Probably, <laughs> right. Probably so. <laughs> Madonna was considered to play Rose. Just no. Way to way to dodge a bullet there, James Cameron. Good job. Good job. We don't need Breathless Mahoney <laughs> in Titanic. Thank you. <laughs> like a virgin. Along with uh Nicole Kidman, Jody Foster, Cameron Diaz, Sharon Stone, Gwyneth Paltrow. I could maybe see a couple of other. I, Nicole I, Kidman, I could see. I could see uh, a, a Gwyneth Rose. Yeah, but Rose has red hair, so that's, that's why. True. That's why Nicole Kidman. I think I, I'm not sure Jodie Foster. I think at that time she was just getting. Yeah, a lot of a lot of a lot of roles here. for this. Here you go. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Awards, eleven Oscars. That's tied for the most ever. Give it all. Give them. Give it mm. all Take of the awards. 14 nominations at one best picture, a stacked year, 1997, the 1997 Oscars, Jackie Brown and Boogie Nights weren't even nominated. Boogie Nights is uh, incredible. If you haven't seen it, (laughs) please hustle. Uh, Also, Kate Winslet did not win, but was nominated for best actress. She lost to Helen Hunt from as good as it gets. Gloria Stewart, old Rose nominated for best supporting actress. She lost to Kim Basinger in LA confidential and Leo not nominated. It took him a while to get, you know, to get him that Oscar. I don't really understand it. The list was Jack Nicholson, who won, and, you know, it's fine. Sure. Matt Damon, Goodwill Hunting, yeah. Robert Duvall, The Apostle, okay. Peter Fonda, Uli's Gold. I think maybe that was a, we like can, a career achievement award maybe. type thing. Dustin Hoffman, Wag the Dog. That's, <laughs> that's a good movie. Have you never seen, have you it's, seen it's it? It's okay. It's all, yeah. It's, now, mean, Goodwill Hunting, if... That, that needs to go on our list of possible movies to do an out-of-the-box office. Possible out-of-the-box offices? Yeah. Yes. Totally. Yes. Goodwill Hunting's great. We love Goodwill Hunting. You like apples? <laughs> I got her number. 
How do you like them apples? <laughs> oh, this is exactly how the how the Titanic show <laughs> happened. <laughs> uh, Sam, any uh, any final thoughts on the entire movie and and all around it before we dive into the segments? I mean, I think you nailed a lot of the really good points. I just love like we talked about with James Cameron and his. You know, I'm a Titanic, but James Cameron blows me out of the water as far as that goes. But having you know so much realism, like you know, so many different things there. The kid playing with the top is like based on a picture that happened uh, from the Titanic. The, you know, when, when he pulls her into the gymnasium, I mean, that, that being just, uh, just shot for shot and just perfectly to scale. And I mean, if you didn't know, you would think you're actually on the Titanic. And it's just that I, I thought doing a great job. I thought having the different uh, real people being depicted so well I, I was i was really impressed with all of that historical accuracy we'll talk about the old couple in a mm. a scene that will be coming up very the, soon one fun fact that i did want to bring up that wasn't on the list was that the guy um at the very end when they're going down and the way that jack and rose do go down with the ship is based on a real person who is depicted in the film who's just wasted off of his tuchus and you see him like drinking drinking a flask and you're like this is the real person and that's why Jack and Rose went down the way that they did and I like what Tom's saying is like the way that the fiction and nonfiction is weaved throughout the film is like chef's kiss yes you can tell that this was a passion project yes absolutely. Uh, yeah and the script, the art direction, it's all just, it's layered with all these yeah. things. And we'll dive into that now. We'll start with Memory Lane. Sam, where were you when you first saw the movie Titanic? I have a feeling we need to sit back for this story. <laughs> it's, not, it's not fun. I was at home with my family watching it on the VHS. That was two. You finish the first VHS, you pop it out, you pop in the second the second VHS. And um, and that, that was it. And I remember watching it like... <laughs> I was I'm, my parents weren't going to take me to the theaters in 1997 when I was seven years old to watch this film oh, so wow. the, you know by the time it came out on VH Gray were you even alive I was about to turn a year old okay so your parents didn't bring you either no <laughs> I, I didn't make it in the PG-13 showing of Titanic but but my parents didn't bring me because I drove there <laughs> oh, I'm so Lucky. old I drove myself to the 3D showing when it came out in 2012 for the 100 year anniversary. So that was cool. Well, there you go. There you yeah, go. Yes. I, I, I got nauseous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, it actually came out on my birthday. December 19th is my birthday. Oh my gosh. Yes, it yes. is. I knew that. Yeah. So it's in my awesome. calendar. Yeah. So I was like, oh, this is made to be. So I we went a group of friends that are kind of the theater nerds in, in high school we went and watched it and uh it, it was great watched it at the old mcfarland mall theater oh wow right which is if, if you've been to tuscaloosa it's that pile uh, of debris that they refused to to uh to take away oh, no. uh, at the corner of mcfarland and skyland the mcfarland mall it was a there was a theater there this is before <laughs> cobb this was when you had to decide if you were going to go to the bama six or McFarland Mall based on what movie there was. They just don't want to erase the memories. I guess they? not. I guess not. That's, that's For me, it was uh, a cable showing. You know, it was cro mm -hmm. coming across it and being, oh, I know about the Titanic. Mm -hmm. I Sure, let's tune in. And it becoming one of those Titanics on, let me watch. Because at the time, yeah, I was probably 10, 11. You know, streaming service is not really a thing. So you couldn't just like watch whatever you wanted. So... 
I watched it anytime I came across it on the channel guide. And finally, once, you know, it became easier to access, I, I sat down and watched the entirety of the movie. But for a good portion of my life, it was, all right, let me watch this hour or this 45 <laughs> minute span or this, right. you know, this part before I have to go to bed or before we go to dinner or whatever. And it's one of those movies where you can literally pick it up at any time. Sure. Oh, true. I mean, because we, because you know, even if you've never seen the movie, you know the ship sinks. Right. So <laughs> there's, it's not like there's, there's not a spoiler, spoiler happening at any point. So yeah, yeah if, you know, and I thought that the cool thing about, because I think one of the things about Titanic is it's almost like it's two movies. You have like the, you have the love right. story to start off with, and then the disaster part. And so it actually worked out really well to be on two cassettes because that was the perfect split. Right. Boom. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. The, the <laughs> iceberg happening right at about the middle. Right. Yeah. I'm still just like, what are cassettes? Okay. I'm just uh, kidding. All right. The Rhodes House Award for Best Scene. We've now done four of these. This is the most I've uh, I've ever had. There's a lot of scenes. There's a lot of There's scenes. So many. It's a three hour, 15 minute movie. There's a lot of scenes. I wanted to go in chronological order and then y'all y'all stop me if there's something I've missed or if you want to touch on something. I want to start with, a, with Rose on the edge, on the edge of the boat, thinking about jumping. Uh, this is kind of where the movie starts to pick up, pace a little bit. I, I have some qualms that we'll dive into a little bit later, but... Also where, of course, Jack and Rose first meet. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, I guess, the opposite of a meet cute, considering the possibility on the other side of the situation. Yeah. But it, it's one of those classic scenes. Rose learning to spit. <laughs> Just great. <laughs> Just great. Yeah. Uh -huh. uh -huh. And then her family walking and be like, oh, Rose, don't you? <laughs> the dinner scene is probably number two for me. It's, it's just incredible. It's Leo at his best. It's most of the cast that you really know gathered together it's funny it's probably the most well-written part of the movie i love the dinner scene any, any thoughts on that him turning down the caviar i think was hilarious great it's, and helping the budget as well apparently right. No, <laughs> right but then like the knowing look between him and and kathy bates after he does it and that's i mean like i thought it was just really well done i agree yeah sam no. you dive in. what else do you want to touch on I um I like the point of what you said about all the cast being together. I think that it's a really cool part of that dinner scene. And Leo being Leo in that scene of just like telling this story, but interacting with the waiter and like, I'll take some more of this. And and it, it's just so effortless. And, and I think it's a really cool thing for the, the, the movie being, this is a third class passenger in a first class dinner and he, he belongs there, no problem, you know? So I think that blend is really cool of that scene. My my favorite scenes are the drawing, naturally. Yeah, that that I had that coming oh, up. Want, That's, yeah. uh, draw me like yeah. one of your French girls. Mm. It's like a part of society now. It tr truly is. And the music and just like, it, it's just, this is, it's like sensual without being overly like graphic or, or gross you know it's it's just, it's just an amazing amazing scene it's great i watched this with with my daughter last night that's that a little more a little more uncomfortable yeah a little, little bit a little bit but yeah it was also i think for kids like I, I guess probably a little bit older than me um a a probably a moment of awakening for many <laughs> that's oh, coming yeah. a, a coming of age yes K kate winslet just knocking that out of the park oh wow i'm i'm interested in that <laughs> I love uh, the entire sequence of them hitting the iceberg. 
I think it's well shot, uh, well acted, and and really pretty realistic, I would assume. I mean, obviously none of us were there. The final conversation that Rose and Mr. Andrews have in front of the oh. fireplace, I think we'll talk more about Victor Garber in a bit. I, I think he's one of the more underrated he's good. phenomenons in this movie. He's, mm-hmm. he's incredible. And mm-hmm. that conversation, the, the defeated nature, but still the, the kind of hope for her to, mm-hmm. to have a future knowing he doesn't have that, mm-hmm. I, I thought was really touching. Um, everything after the boat goes underwater. And then my personal favorite scene, I think it's the best scene in the movie. And I think it's one of the best in the last 25 years, the band playing. Oh. It's it's incredible. It's the most emotional the movie is, in my opinion. I think it's uh, the most creative that James Cameron gets to be because he gets to weave in the real people while also showing this thing that actually happened. And I, I think it's just beautifully done. The band playing is is incredible. And that's really what the band was playing. The yeah. songs right. are really what the band was playing. Near My God to Thee was the last song so that, any, that any of the uh, survivors can testify that that's the last song that they heard, the, the band playing. Uh, so that, I thought, you know, with the, the preacher, mm. uh, you know, the priest doing the last rites and, mm. and, and talking, you know, I mean, that whole, that whole thing is, yeah, yeah it's just uh, so, so emotional. Your oh, favorite scene, Tom? I actually, and this is kind of similar to Greatest Showman. I thought that the very first scene and the very last scenes really book in the movie oh. so well. The first scene... Uh, you know, and Bill Paxton is kind of doing the the cheesy, uh, you know, voiceover of it. But we've you know, all been there. Tom. Right. Yes. But but it's true. Like it, it makes your hair stand up, you know, seeing the ghost ship kind of just come in, you know, that that first shot of the bu- of the bow. You know, that, that's one of the first things that got me hooked as a little kid on Titanic was seeing that, that picture. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, being there, I thought showing the glasses the, the baby doll and the views, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, again, showing this is, this is a grave site, real, you know, lots of real people died here. So, you know, this is not just a tourist thing that people go down and see. This is, this is a, a somber, somber spot. I thought that was great. Uh, and then bookending it with, you know, the scene, it's a little cheesy. Yeah. But you know, all the, all the people there to see Rose come and meet Jack at the, at the clock again, in her dreams or in heaven or wherever the thing that will be discussed. Is. Yeah. However oh, you good, decide. I want to discuss. Yeah. Right. But I, that scene itself, you know, seeing all the people again and I thought, oh. yeah, yo, just the tears flow. Yeah. It's beautiful. Sam, your favorite scene, the best scene. <laughs> the, the drawing, the drawing is, is tops, but when she goes down on the lifeboat, when Rose goes down a lifeboat and she's like looking up at Jack and they're just like having this moment. And mind you, I'm not a romantic person. I think most of it's just yick. When she jumps back onto the Titanic, onto a sinking ship so that she could be with Jack, I'm like, get me out of here. It's it's like, it just is so telling to the love story and to like Rose's kind of character development. And I just, I could watch that scene over and over and over again and still be like, look. And then he says, you're so stupid, Rose. And that's one of the greatest lines in the film. Yeah. <laughs> also, let's be frank. Rose's luck as well. She has like eight chances to leave, doesn't, and still survives. Right. Incredible. Hell? So yeah. old uh, Rose. And, okay. and then, yeah. And like she says, you know, there were 1,500 people that go into the water and six get pulled mm. out. And she's one of yeah. them. Yeah. It's just like, crazy. The odds are not in your favor. No. The Go Award for Best Moment, a small moment that stands out in the movie Tom. 
Uh, I thought that the, the scene where they show the inner workings of the engine, mm. the, the propellers going, you know, the boilers, all the stuff that, you know, the very first time when you go through and you see just the majesty of the ship. And that, that's, you know, again, one of the things that hooked me as a kid was, you know, just the, the, the magnificence of the ship and then and what happened. Seeing all that and how uh, it was done with the technology of 25 years ago and how it, how it looks so great. I, I just, I love that very first scene when they're just getting underway and they really get, they really uh, let it go, which they shouldn't have because there's ice all around, but that, that's what they <laughs> I, I would recommend slowing yes. down, sir. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Hindsight's 2020. Yeah. Sam? Um, my best, best moment was when, um, when Rose had just told Jack, like, leave me alone. I, I have to live this life. And then she's sitting in the dining area and she sees the little girl putting the napkin on her lap and like being all prim and proper and sit up straight and this and like seeing, okay, this is, this is the life that I'm saying yes to. And I feel like Jack was right. Like I'm totally trapped in this. I don't want this. And her kind of having that realization. And you kind of notice too, I don't know if you guys noticed this watching the movie that Rose after this point and like this point in the movie, her hair is down versus yeah. prior to this, her hair is up. And so I think that just is, for me, is a really big moment of like, I'm breaking free. I'm going to live the life that, that I want to live and that makes me happy. And one of the artifacts that they find is her, is, is her uh, bu uh, butterfly hairpin hair hair yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. I've got three that I really want to pinpoint. I've got what, eight written mm. down here. But there, <laughs> there are three in particular I really love. So excited. The present day crew listening to the story of the drawing and there's a quick cut to all of yes. them just uh. gobsmacked <laughs> just gobsmacked amazing just scene so good yeah really and it's fun. small and they they literally cut back to the present day for that and it's worth it oh, it's perfect <laughs> yes the one wide shot that they do when the boat is sinking and they shoot up the flare and you see it from a great distance to kind of like show how Alone. how difficult it would be to see that and yeah how alone they are in this great atlantic ocean uh, i think that's really cool i'm not quite sure how i did that i assume it's cgi and if it is that's the best the cgi looks in the entire movie i would say mm -hmm. and then finally i don't know if this was going to come up later i want to talk about it now the sound old rose makes when she throws the heart ah. of the ocean into the water ah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just yeah it's it's the funniest part of the movie. It's great. Yeah, it's really. Oh, oh no! I've held on to this for eighty four years. Bye. Yeah, I have thoughts about her holding on to it later. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I, All right. We you know could could have been helpful. The Allison Habits Herman Boone run through a wall award. What character makes you want to run through a wall for them? I've got one. Molly Brown. Yes. Me too. Just the speeches. She oh. gives. I, I want her firing up my team before a game. Yes. <laughs> well, I, yes. I I felt as though, and well, I, I'm going to talk about her more later uh, because okay. she's she's another category winner for me. I like it. Sam, any any thoughts on that here? She's hands down because she treated everybody the same. She was treated everybody equally, and um, she started a like committee organized through the survivors afterwards to help um second and third class passengers who survived get like their essential needs and stuff like that so she was just somebody who she tried to get them to go back to pick up more people like we could fit more and just she was just a really you know selfless 
kind, good person. Yeah, she's the unsinkable Molly Brown. There's the That's right, man. So. And Kathy Bates, gosh, mm. perfect. Oh, yeah. The only good person among the first class passengers, <laughs> apparently. Truly, truly. Right. Oh, when, when Rose's mom asks if the life lifeboats are going to be separated by class, I was oh my gosh. Oh. Never been so mad at an old lady. Yeah, I was like, really, really, <laughs> Francis <laughs> like, Fisher. Concerns, like, are they going to be? Like, <laughs> you don't ask please, this question out loud. Please have tea ready for me when yeah. we return. Right. No, that's, yeah, no, that's not, mm. it's not going to happen. No. Gold mines, things from the movie that we love, still look cool. They make sense. They've aged well. I'm going to start off with a 99 mile per hour fastball right down the middle. My heart will go on. Mm. Great one. This this song has stuck around wherever you are. I they play it at the World Series. They play it at football game. They play it when coaches get ejected in Fayetteville. They play it everywhere. This song has almost, in a way, transcended the movie. I bet if we asked, you know, the average 20-year-old, mm. I, I bet more people will have heard of the song My Heart Will Go On than the movie. It would probably be close. Right. But the fact that it's close at all really says a lot about the song. But the, yeah, the P score for the song itself would be higher than, yeah. the, than the movie. Probably so. And yeah, it's it's it does. It it is you and it's one of those things where you play like three notes of it and you know what the you song know is. it yes oh Pat- yeah did- Patrick Murphy gets ejected in Fayetteville they play the song <laughs> did, did you guys know that that it wasn't originally supposed to be part of the film that like James Warner did this behind James Cameron's back and brought it to him and was like I feel like this should be in the movie like yeah <laughs> he, he was right he was he was correct it was a good thank call you. thank you yeah. both James's and Celine, because they, I think it took some convincing for her too to do the song. Yeah. And so just this whole thing, like, anyway, it's mm. the biggest song of all time. Yeah, it, oh. I think I think that that's like the runaway. Mm. I wrote it down before I even started the movie. <laughs> I like love will go on. Uh, a couple others I do want to touch on. Kathy Bates, just again, great in the role and, and what a career she's gone on to have. You know, she was great in Misery prior to Titanic had some other important roles before this movie came out and she's still around oh, you know, yeah. doing American horror story, popping up in TV shows and some movies nominated for an Oscar a couple of years ago for Richard Jewell. So Kathy Bates still kicking it. Yeah. Uh, one of the ones that I had uh, the very, the first scene, first time we meet Rose when they uh, are getting the people out of the way and they're getting out of the car to get on Titanic Cool things about one is just a tremendous shot, and I thought it was really well, well, uh, well shot. The cinematography was really good, but also because they historically you got on that side of the of Titanic to to get on board the ship, but that's not how it was how they how they had it set up. They shot it on the other side and flipped it. it, it it's like all those Tua it, videos right. on Twitter. Yes, yeah. and they flipped it around. Uh, to, but they were so committed to the historical accuracy to do to take that extra step. I thought that that's just something that was really really cool. And the shot itself was great, and it kind of showed where Rose was to begin with, yeah. And then how how far she goes in just you know the four or five days of the voyage. I love when she gets out of the car and she, her hat is covering her face, and she just like lifts her face up, and the music gets bigger. I'm like, it's time. I love that. Right, oh. and then. 
the the guy coming up said, "You can't park here." No, this is they just give him money. Oh, okay, yeah, I do this. You're right. If only it were that easy. Yes. No, God. Game day parking could take a lesson from that. <laughs> um, my gold mines are the wardrobes, like all mm. the dresses and just it, historically accurate, but just so beautiful and so just well done. And um, I also think the scene where the water crashes through the big windows above the ship, like when they're really going down, I think that scene is just epic. And I mean, one shot obviously but I think that scene that I mean it just really captures like this this luxurious ship is going underwater and people are you know there's it, it, just I mean I just think that it's done very well through its time and it didn't it didn't matter if you were first class and the richest person on the ship mm-hmm. or you're all you're the poorest you're all going down mm-hmm. uh and then yeah the fact they were able to do so much of it you could tell what was CGI and what wasn't. Yeah. And that there's a lot of that was not CGI. Yeah, which is crazy cool. Yeah, you're right. Anything else? Any other gold mines you want to land on? No, Sam? but I did I did forget to say a hair raising moment. I feel like that was one of oh. the pieces we did. And and you had already mentioned the scene and it was when they do the loogies. That makes me gag every single time, especially when he swallows his loogie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have uh, questions mm. about oh, thank God. Okay, just the acting sure. coming up later. A couple more gold mines I want to touch on. I'm king yes. of the world. Again, another another iconic part of pop culture. Pop culture. Yeah. yeah, I mean, totally. it was like the focal point of the first half of an Office episode. <laughs> it, it's Kathy everywhere. Bates also on The Office. Yeah, too, yeah. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. What if Leo had been on The wow. Office? Should have been. Give me Leo instead of Will Ferrell <laughs> and D'Angelo Vickers. Uh, right now. Let's recast. Who do we need to call? <laughs> uh, the name Spicer Lovejoy? <laughs> Just ah. awesome. Awesome. Gold mine. Lovejoy. He was what the meanest character. Spicer. Lo- not Spencer. Spicer. Spicer. And he Lovejoy. was really committed. Like, He's not trying to get in the lifeboat. He's very committed. He's like, this ship may sink. Let me punch you in the stomach. Yes. Yeah. Evil laugh. (laughs) Uh, I think the last two hours, we'll dive into that in just a moment. And also one more thing. I was very, very taken when you watch it in one sitting by the fitness of Jack and Rose. Think about what they have to do. Oh, yeah. A lot of swimming, a lot of running, a lot of incline. As somebody who Mm -hmm. hits that treadmill a couple floors up, with that incline, I, I can't even imagine doing this oh, at a running speed. Mm. I, I was just very impressed. So, you know the, what? The swimming, just woo. Lots of good cardio all the way around. Yes. Yeah. yeah Probably are, not how they wanted to get it, but no, still. People are just in better shape back then. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Landmines. Sam, you go first. And you don't have many, so that's why we're laying you fire. I don't. I don't. But I did see this um, in an interview, actually. Kate Winslet's accent. She... She has said that when she goes and when she sees that movie again, she's like, I wish that I would have done a better American accent. And that's something that I've always thought I'm like, eh, it's okay. You know, I like, it could be, could be better, but she sounds like a rich person, you know? Right. So, yeah. so I think it comes across the way it should, but it's interesting because she's like, I wish I could have done, she's much better at American accents now than she was. Well, in- I mean, it's when you say that, I immediately think of Mayor of Easttown, which was such a feat of acting mm-hmm. and accent yeah. work nailing that philadelphian you know that one section of the city right. one section of the country yeah accent and i 
I wonder, I don't know when that interview was released. I wonder if that was a reason why she took that so seriously because mm. previous accents, she felt like she just didn't nail mm. as much. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's all I've got. I think it's a perfect film. <laughs> <laughs> Tom. The movie was so about historical accuracy. There's, there's a couple of historical inaccuracies that even James Cameron has talked about mm-hmm. since. Uh, one is the murder of Tommy and the su- suicide of o- Officer Murdoch. The Murdoch family was very upset that, that was in the movie. That that mm. is that is a is a rumor that has been unsam- unsubstantiated. Uh, and the Murdoch family said it did not happen. And James Cameron has said and you know has said since that he wishes that he had not put that in the movie, or he wish it would have been a character not named. Like not right. not, a, not a, just maybe because there there are some of the the officers are not necessarily based on real people. Most of them are, but there's a couple of, you would rather have it been that. Uh, and then two, the lower cast uh, lower class passengers were not locked down. They that they either weren't they probably weren't uh, notified properly or it wasn't, you know, they didn't really know where to go. So I'm sure there was a lot of chaos, Yeah. but there wasn't like White Star Line, people were not down there locking them and not allowing them up on, on top. Uh, so I, it, that kind of worked for the movie and kind of continued to show the, the you know, the class differential that you had, class divide, uh, but that wasn't historically accurate. But I mean- Otherwise- There, there were good plot points. Yeah, no, yeah. you, got, you yeah. got to build the narrative. Sure, yeah. Right. I've got a couple. I want to start with one that I didn't know where else to put. So I put it here. I think we should bring it back. Waving goodbye on travels to large groups of people like they used to do in the olden days on ships. Yeah. I I wish I wish we could do that. Yeah. <laughs> I wish we could just yeah, wave goodbye. Oh, yeah. I mean, we do that like one the one or two times we're on the team plane. Right. To the fans, but and they're not there for us. No. But, you know, I don't know. I like that. I like I like waving goodbye to strangers. <laughs> do you know anybody? No, no. this is what you do. <laughs> Bye. Oh, we'll never miss- forget you. <laughs> <laughs> See you. So- oh. Oh, oh. oh, boy. Yeah. A couple of legitimate landmines. Rose randomly having Picasso and Monet paintings. And everybody's like, Meh, yeah. like, I don't know. That, that seemed like an unnecessary detail to shoehorn in to, like, make Rose seem more street smart than everybody else i understand why they did it i just felt like it was a little bit overdone and then for jack to be the only one who recognized monet is you know it's 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 a little much it's a little much for me well it's one thing that 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 i when you we think about it this is 1912 they weren't famous you know artists at the time or they were only famous to people that knew art so yeah but yeah i don't know Uh, just yeah Billy Zane's haircut, awful, <laughs> awful. He got a villain haircut. He I, did. Yes. <laughs> you, you look at that guy. This is the bad guy. This, this is hands down. <laughs> yeah, he is about to mess right. up some stuff. He is a swarmy son of a gun. <laughs> <laughs> I think the first hour is fine. That's maybe one of my hot takes. I, I feel like the dinner scene is where things really pick up pace. And there are a couple great moments that we highlighted earlier in that first hour, but I think if they remade it today, that first hour is probably down to 35 minutes. A couple things are trimmed here and there, and it will probably be for the better. Um, I know that there were certain timing things James Cameron really wanted to nail in terms of you know when they would hit the iceberg at what point in the movie and stuff like that. But the first hour, it's fine. I don't think it holds up as good in multiple rewatches. That's fair. 
It's just, just my opinion. It's okay um, to have a wrong opinion. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> I think it's, I, think it's, I, I think do it all the time. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> Our listeners would agree. So. <laughs> okay. The structural integrity of the gates that locked out the third class passengers. So just oh. two, two shoves and it's just down. It just, you know, I don't know. The so, adrenaline. I guess. Yeah. That big, the yeah. bench was big that they yeah. Mr. Ismay. Hate oh, him. Worst character in the movie? You're supposed to. Is, yeah. is he is he no, I know he's on this list because I just don't like him. But is he the worst character in the movie? He's the uh, villain. No, I mean is it Cal? Cal is the worst. But I mean Ismay in a way, Ismay was a product of the times. Yeah. Of you know, this was, you know, we can do literally anything. He's but he's not the one that says. God himself could not sink this ship. Cal's one who says Yeah, that. true. But, you know, one of, one of my great lines is, but the ship can't sink, Bruce Ismay. And then Thomas Andrews says, she's made of iron, sir. I assure you she can, and she will to mathematical certainty. Mm. You know, that yeah. it was it was just, he was so sure. And, you know, and we're, we're speeding through here to get those headlines. He's all about the headlines. He was trying, he, if he had Snapchat and Facebook and Instagram, he'd be an influencer. He would be all about getting the content yeah. and, and you know, doing all this kind of stuff. But you know, in 1912, you had to take the largest passenger ship ever across the Pacific Ocean in record time to make those headlines. And yeah. you know, he got the headlines, but not the ones he wanted. And then he freaking leaves the ship. Oh, That's the worst. Yeah. Oh, he, and it, it's not like he did not have a fun life after that. Mm-mm. He he never heard the end of it. I, yeah, didn't he, he? He killed himself, right? I believe so. Yes. Yeah, he was. Oh, this mm-hmm. was your idea to go super fast because you pe- right. pressured the captain. Blah blah blah, and then you sneak on the ship on a lifeboat. Yeah. yeah. Not now, making contact. Yeah. Now Captain Smith is not without blame here either for sure he's the, he's the captain he should have said no of course uh so and you kind of so he kind of got shown how he was you know this was kind of like his his going out party to begin with mm-hmm. this was his retirement voyage uh and he wasn't he didn't really have the control that he should have had at any point really yeah i agree with everything mr ismay <laughs> not great yeah no he's in the top five worst characters yeah that's for sure. it's it's a tough beat and speaking of tough beats how fabrizio dies oh yes. and especially upon reading to find out that they did that in reshoots there was another way he was always going to die uh, but for that to be the way what was the other way i've never it was uh he was going to climb onto cal's boat and say it's my destiny to go to America. Cal was going to hit him with an oar and say it's over there and knock him out, and he was going to drown. Oh. Which you know would have been also quite sad. Mm-hmm. But he didn't even really get like a death moment. No. He turns around, oh, oh, and then boom, done. And I don't know. I just that was tough. I I know the movie is already three hours and fourteen minutes. Right. Could have added the extra twenty seconds. Yeah. Maybe. And uh, finally, I do find it very strange. And maybe it was in theaters, uh, watching on Amazon Prime. It, I, it really jumped out. No dedication at the end. I, I thought maybe that there would be some kind oh. of, this is dedicated to the victims, the lost souls, yada, yada. There was nothing like that. And I thought, especially considering Cameron's yeah. affinity for the actual tragedy itself, I found that a little odd. I, I want to say in the theatrical release, there was something at the end of the credits. Hmm. Uh, because it, it, it is also a 
kind of a tradition when you actually go down to the wreckage to leave like a plaque or something. Mm. Uh, so I, I want to say, but I, I could be confusing with something else that there mm. was a shot of the plaque that they left oh. uh, on the, on the bow, but I, it could be, uh, I could be confusing it, but, but I'm with you. There certainly should have been. Yeah, that is, that's a good yeah. point. That, yeah. that seems like something they could have easily done. The JJ Smith unsung hero award, which minor character steals the movie when in a scene, Sam, you got dibs. This one was a tough one because ev- this, I mean, everyone's amazing, but I really think that Rose's mom, like, I think that she, Frances Fisher stole the scenes when she was in just about like her position as her, as the mother, as a woman, as just a proper high society person who's has this front that really have no money. And like, I think that she did a really good job of playing the complicated role of Rose's mother and seeing the different um, emotions. Like when, when Rose chose to stay on the ship and she's like, I, I just, I just think she was incredible. Every time she was in a scene, you're, you're captivated. Even if you're not on her side, even if you're not happy with what she's saying, you're like, she's talking, I'm listening. Mm-hmm. It's a tough part. Yeah. I was see- so tough. Yeah. Like we, I was, you know, when she says, you know, are the, are the boats going to, or lifeboats going to be separated by cat uh, class, you hate her and you hate her for most of the movie. Yeah. But like, but like the scene where she's talking to Rose and they're doing the corset, like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you feel sympathy for her. That's such I, an important scene yeah, for so many so reasons. reasons. Yeah, absolutely. And oh, yeah. it's, it's never going to be on a list like this. It's never going to be something anybody talks about as totally. the, the movie, but that two minute Mm-hmm. part of this movie is so important to clue into the mindsets of so many characters right I- including a lot of people who aren't in that room yeah. i yeah i think that's a good point uh well i went i don't know if she counts as a can we've already talked about her i don't know if she counts as a minor character but kathy bates yeah uh, and i think the thing about her that that was so i think she kind of represented the audience watching the movie today oh, i think yeah. she i think she was like because she was like i don't understand you people you know, like I, I really like, and that's how most of us would be watching. Yeah, how, I'm with you. How did you live your life like this? It's like yeah. that. That would like, how is this how you how you live? Um, and then like yeah. so she just so you know steals the scene whenever she's in it. Um, she does. So great. Yeah, Kathy Bates probably should have been nominated. Yeah, I, it was a great performance for me. It's Victor Garber as Mr. Andrews. Oh, There's yeah. a gravitas that he brings. And also the fact that he's on everybody's side, you know, he's not, he's not smarmy. He's not too big for his britches. He's not, uh, I, I mean, there's obviously, there's a little bit of ego there when yeah. you build a ship like that, sure. but it's not to the point of, you know, thinking that the impossible could never happen. He recognizes immediately what's going on uh, when, when Jack for, or when Rose makes her first comment about Freud to Mr. Ismay, he laughs at it. Everybody else is horrified. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 lo- I love Victor Garber in this role. Yeah, the great job. You know, him talking about, you know, I wanted there to be more life lifeboats, but they wouldn't let me. I think he understood from the beginning, this is not, you know, I, I, I'm very happy with the ship, but, you know, at the end, you know, I, I wish I'd have built you a stronger ship, Rose. Yeah. Yeah, just, you know. And, um, and there does appear, he does appear to be tense from yeah. kind of the first part of the movie. Like there's a little bit of a nervous edge yeah. to him. Yeah. As if he knows if one thing goes, goes wrong, wrong, we're all screwed. Right. Yeah, because, and if you look at it, you know, he talks about the bulkheads and everything. Had they hit the light, had they hit the iceberg straight on, the ship doesn't sink. Right. It, it gets disabled. It's dead in the water. 
but it, like the worst thing that happened was the fact that they were able to turn just enough where it scraped yeah. all along the side. And as soon as he knew that's what happened, because I'm sure he ran every possible scenario in his head. As soon as he saw that's what happened, he knew that half the people on that ship were going to die. Yeah. Including him. Oy yeah, oh. he's down with the ship. Yeah. Yeah. Respect. Like you're supposed to, Bruce. Bruce, speaking of the scene of the Freud <laughs> joke, that's one of my favorite lines, actually, that Bruce Ismay says is like, Freud, who is he? Is he a peasant? <laughs> Just makes me laugh every time. Is he on the ship? Is he a peasant? Pinch hitter. Who would you have liked to have seen in the movie as one of the main characters? I'm going to uh, I'm going to throw in Tom Hanks as Captain Smith. That's what I said. Shut up. I kid you not even a little bit. Wow. Part of it is I think he just would have handled it better. I know that we're being historically accurate, but put Tom Hanks there. Even if he does the same actions, it'll be like, you know, he tried. Right. You know, <laughs> he tried. He gave it a shot. Yeah, he lost the ship to Smalley Pirates, but it doesn't matter. He tried. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Hanks is the captain now. I like am so hyped. That was my answer. I'm like, was so excited to talk about Tom Hanks, and I can't believe that it just came out of your mouth. Wow. But like Tom Hanks of today being yeah right you know, like oh that yeah. would have been great. Ninety seven Tom Hanks. He was busy. Sure. He was doing a lot. Yeah. Yeah. We'll bring present day. Yeah. If a present day person, I would love to have seen you know a, a Zach Galifianakis type playing the the other guy on the on the present day ship the one that oh the, yep the guy with the beard yeah i can't i don't know his name but the kind of um, the, the crass guy yeah yeah the, i think like, her ass was out of the water right yeah <laughs> that, that does the full like breakdown imagine not having the self you know just knowing what's going on enough to know maybe i shouldn't be describing that is the, so the wreck of the titanic in front of a survivor of it uh, in these crass ways that he was doing. Right. But imagine a comedian like Zach Galifianakis doing that. I think that would even make it yeah, even. Yeah, it would have made that. it not awkward. <laughs> right. I love uh, that. Just have the self-awareness. Yeah. Guy that's who's a big that. ass. Right. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Bob like a cork. Yeah. <laughs> the I'm on it. Quote of the movie award. <laughs> Sam. Mine is um, at the end after the story and she says, you know, but now you know there was a man named Jack Dawson and he saved me in every way that a person can be saved. And I just think that that is a big deal because yes, he saved her life, but it was so much more than that. And I just, I just think it's perfectly wraps up what Jack Dawson was to her. I love that. Mm. I agree too. It's, it is so well delivered. Gloria Stewart. Uh, just like and it just so happily like now you know like it i'm so happy to have shared him with you all yeah uh, i have a few i i talked about the you know she can't sink I, she's made of iron sir i assure you she can uh I, jack i don't know about you but i tend to write a strongly worded letter to white star line about all this <laughs> that's good uh, uh and then the uh the the band uh, gentlemen mm. has been an honor playing with you tonight mm. Mm. god get you yeah god. That's on my list. Uh, some of the obvious ones, I'm king of the world. You jump, right, I jump. Right. I'll never let go, yada, yada. One that is really important, and I know that it helped a lot of people every time they ate. Start from the outside and work your way in. Yes. A great life lesson. Yeah. Holly Brown. 
Because I think we've all been in that situation that Jack's been, where you sit down and you're like, I have no idea what I'm there supposed to There are nine doing. spoons. Right. Why? What are we doing? <laughs> what is happening and why? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Molly Brown, thank you for yes. shaping a generation. <laughs> uh, I, I think one of the best put-downs you'll ever find in a movie is I'd rather be his whore than your wife. Yes. That's Mm. devastating. Oh, and it's what, I mean, it breaks him. You know, that's Mm -hmm. when, uh, that's when you see Cal really start to just mentally go down the deep end. And then Cal, when he realizes that he has put, he's given her the the diamond. He's laughing. I put put the diamond in the coat. I put the coat on her. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. And then he just laughs because there's what can what I do? Can you do? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's pretty much all I've got. There are a couple others. Uh just again, kind of like an of the day situation when I think it's the one of the colonels walks up after Jack saves Rose and he goes, Women and machinery don't mix. <laughs> what a what a just ludicrous line in a movie. All right. And then there's also they run into the they run into the colonel as they're trying to get on on find a lifeboat, and he goes, I'll lead you. And they just <laughs> run. No, no, you won't, uh, sir. No, thank you, but no. Yeah, I've been there. Walk mm. faster, people. <laughs> right. Yeah. You want to walk through that valley a little quicker? Let's <laughs> <laughs> see. Yeah, yeah. Meme generator, best meme from the movie. I, I'm sure all three of us are at least considering. It's been 84 <laughs> years. That that works in so many different, so many places so well. It's so wonderful. It's perfect. But, but one that I I I never noticed it until this last rewatch of it was so Jack is is handcuffed and and Rose goes gets the axe and and Jack Jack tells her go you know practice a couple of times so she hits it once and says all right now hit the same spot again and she totally not even close close. no and then just the look on Jack's face of all right let's go <laughs> that's good looks good to me I just think that look on Jack's face could be a Wow. All right. That could be. Okay. okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You know, what's so funny when he's, when he's locked up and, and she's trying to go find something, that line that he yells is ad lib too of, I'll just wait here. Oh, that's ad lib. Yep. No. Oh, wow. And that the whole cat, the crew was just cracking up. Cause you're like, yeah, where are you going to go? Of course yep. you're just going to wait but, here. Yeah. That, that is the funny. <laughs> Nominate Leo. Yes. How, how did it not happen? Meme generator, Sam, what you got? Mine is, um, draw me like one of your french girls and it's how it's like a dog like it can be anything just like (laughs) like draw me like what are your french girls and it's like so unflattering and just you know i think there's a meme of leo like on a scene of like on site of some movie years later it's like draw me like your french (laughs) i just i think it's so it's so funny you can't escape it. And one that I wish were more accessible, I look for it in the gift keyboard all the time. Molly Brown looking at the ship going, God almighty. I've oh, referenced it on this good. podcast. I've said it on the air. Yeah. I've almighty. tweeted it. I want that gif. Hmm. So yeah, someone make that just gift. make it. I, I don't, I'm not good at that. <laughs> the transfer portal award, different movie you'd love to see a main character in. I put Molly Brown in the proposal. <laughs> Pair Molly Brown right next to grandma Annie. In the woods, mm. dancing around. Oh my god! Okay, I just want to. I just want a movie of Rose's life. I want. I want to know what happened after. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we we've seen the pictures. We know all the stuff that's going. That's on. That's the but, mini series. That yeah, we cut, yeah. That's Titanic Two: The Return. 
Yeah, Rose goes to Santa Monica. Correct, or however this goes. But yeah, <laughs> an ABC comedy with Rose. It's a bunch of different know. ways we go about this. I don't know how to follow Molly Brown in the proposal. Like, I, I truly. Just, I think she'd be great. But like, oh, Sandra Bullock, why do I? You know, no, yeah. That's amazing. I yeah. think. I think seeing seeing. Um, I think Rose, her character translates into so many coming of age or like realizing, like, like eat, pray, love, Rose, or mm. the wild rose hikes the, the mountain like mm. i i think i think that is you know seeing rose get saved in a whole bunch of different ways you know right well and this and it's a i mean it's a standard story of yeah you know choosing love over status yeah you know and it just mm. happened, it's a backdrop of one of the greatest disasters yeah. in history you know what's funny is have you read any books by nicholas sparks Mm-mm. it's okay if the answer is yes and you don't want to say yes <laughs> Titanic is a, a Nicholas Sparks book. It really is. Like, there's people who aren't supposed to be, this is so many of his books. People aren't supposed to be in love. One's rich, one's poor. And then one of them probably dies or they like get apart and that's how it ends. And this is such a Nicholas Sparks story of rich and poor fall in love, ship sinks, one dies, one lives on. Well, and as we talked about earlier, you really do have two different movies here. Neither works without the other, the right. romance oh, yeah. or the yeah. tragedy. You need both. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, the, the shipwreck, it, it's too much, right. frankly. And, you know, if you really bear it's a, it it's down. A, it's, it's a Michael Bay movie without, yeah. without the. And, and if you go to the nuts and bolts, the romance part of it is right. is not what James Cameron does really well in this movie. That's probably mm-hmm. some of the weaker writing, some of the weaker character stuff. Um, I, probably if you asked you know him, he would probably say he wanted to develop that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But it's because it's on the backdrop of the Titanic sinking that it works. I'm yeah. not sure if it's a good movie at all if they're just like in Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, true. Oh, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a, in Iowa. Like, how did this rich person even meet this poor person? Right. <laughs> There's Patrick Murphy they? in the background. The bridges yeah. of Madison County. Somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Field of dreams, mm. ship of dreams. Oh. It all makes sense. Yes. <gasps> that's that's another that's another great line. For many, it was a ship of dreams. For me, it was a slave ship. Mm. Uh, Off the wall. We've already done one for the greater softball world. Let's do it for this movie. Uh, I've got a, I've got a decently long wow. list. Tom, you go first. Okay. Again, we're we're nitpicking all this. I thought the seawater was very clear for seawater. Uh, oh yeah. There was no fish or anything in that. Nothing. In, right. I know it is cold, but it seemed like you know the water. We could have had cold. our Sharknado pre. Yeah, that could have something in there. Um, <laughs> I, I found it that it was odd that Jack and Rose could just go to the front of the ship whenever they wanted and there was right. nobody else there. It was pretty, I would think at sunset, that'd be, there'd be a line oh, of yeah. people wanting to look at the front of the ship. Uh, so there's that. And then the question, have you, do you guys know the time traveler, traveler theory about Jack? I've heard this. I, I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. So there is so. a theory that Jack Dawson is a time traveler. And it is because the the lake that he's talking about in Wisconsin, where they go ice fishing at the very when when they first yeah. meet there, that lake did not exist in 1912. That was a man-made lake that was formed in around 1917 or somewhere. So another good movie. Sorry, right. keep going. So whether it was a continuity error or was he a time traveler and he just got his his facts messed up because there's no you know there's no record of him anywhere. You know, it, very convenient that he, you know, has no family, anything like that. 
And the theory is that he was sent, he sent back and he was there to save Rose because Rose would have jumped off the, the, the end of the ship. Right, without him. And, but unfortunately, because the lookouts are looking down at Rose and Jack, they miss the iceberg. So he actually causes the Titanic disaster oh. to happen. But it's like, and, oh. and yeah. his cigarettes, that was that's an inaccuracy in the movie is that the cigarettes that he's smoking were actually not in existence yet they were past yeah. 1912 like the the right. filter like the whatever filter, it right. was yeah so there, there there's that yeah and there's another theory as well that it was a giant conspiracy that the titanic was uh because there were so many rich people so much wealth died on that ship that yeah. it was it was a government conspiracy to to Ooh. Collapsed. Don Jacob Astor was the richest man on the ship, and that was the conspiracy that like trying to take him down. Yeah, J.P. Morgan was supposed to be on the ship, but he canceled. Right. Yeah, so there, there was. I mean, the amount, even the people that were on the ship, the amount of people that died and the wealth that died with them. It. it I mean, it could. It was a disaster economically as well. Yeah. And so there's the theory that somehow somebody, a cabal of somebody, made that happen. Twitter would just have. Mm, a oh day. goodness. Wow. Titanic inside job. <laughs> Ooh, Sam, what you got for off the wall? The time tech? You not heard the time tech? I, I hadn't. That's yeah. that's completely. It's, a, new it's so fun. Yeah, it's quite a rabbit hole. I, you can fall honestly, down. I don't know who all seen Top Gun Maverick. I don't think you have yet. yet. But, yet. but there's a theory similar uh, with with Top Gun Maverick. That's I don't think that's a spoiler. Okay. Um, but hmm. I yeah, I, it was a. I love when movies you you see them and you hear about this one theory. And you're, you can work out yeah. that it would make sense. Yeah. Like, I, I can understand why that would make sense. It wouldn't make sense at all based on what James Cameron was right. apparently trying to do. Sure. But at the same time, these are fake people who knew everything and had every break fall their way. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I just have one. Like, why didn't they try more than once to get Jack on the door? They tried once. They tried one time. They're like, oops, that's it. And they're like, like resigned to this. And again, it was weight of the two people. There was enough space on it. It's just that the weight it would sink the the boat, like the the door, or whatever. I, I we can do this now. I, I think there was room, and I think they would have been fine. And James Cameron said in an interview that it was like a, nar- a majorly a narrative choice to have Jack not get on there. Uh, I I agree though. The the frustrating part is they tried once, and I can understand why when you're that cold, you're like, oh no, never mind. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I I I, th- I think he could have fit. I yeah. think he could have lived. Yeah, but, I get like you said, I but get then it. he wouldn't have been able to go back to the future or whatever. So Yeah, I get the story piece and it makes sense that he dies and he he sh- or maybe because he was a time traveler and he knew that he had really screwed things up. Like, he's like I'm out. I'm not going what? back. I don't know what I've done here. Things, my mission. Things have gone terribly wrong. <laughs> just try twice. I mean, just yeah. try maybe Two take times. turns. Yeah. You know? there, like, Hmm. You, you get three strikes when you're at the plate. <laughs> Nobody swings once like, dang it. Right. <laughs> Bye. But real, but really smart though for Rose to go after the whistle. Yeah. I, that I yeah. would not have thought that. Well, yeah. That just shows him piecing so many things together so perfectly. Cause there was that guy that was blowing the whistle, come back. And then oh, hmm. so perfect. <laughs> Any other off the wall stuff, Sam? That's all I got. All right, here we go. Oh, Lordy. Who who is funding the search? I saw a Russian flag on the boat. The the boat name seems to be Russian. Why? 
I don't really understand. And it's never, he gets a call from his boss. Right. Whose name is like Dean. Dave. Yeah. Dave Some, Dean. Yeah. It's not a Russian name. No. I was very confused what the Russians had to do with it. We're not near Russia. We're near wow. England. No, I, but I, that diamonds, diamonds work everywhere. Diamonds are forever. Hmm. Have Leo or Kate Winslet ever hocked a loogie in public? Probably not. Yeah, I would think that. No, I'd hope not. <laughs> the, I, I'm sure that they had fun practicing. This one stuck with me for a long time. How long did it take to do the drawing? Because that's a very risky game to play when literally any of the eight people who could come back will be pissed. <laughs> that is so true. And yeah. they're they're doing art. It's not like, let's take a picture real quick. No, this is like no, art fantastic. with layers. Mm-hmm. And I it couldn't have been under an hour and a half. No. And they knew that Cal had his manservant, the name. Yeah. Lovejoy. Spicer. Spicer Lovejoy. Yeah. yeah. Spice cabinet. Rise had, uh, Rose had already said uh, that, you know, you have him spying on us, you know, in a previous scene. So they knew that was a possibility. Yeah. So yeah. that it was, it was quite bold. It's risky. Yes. It's a good point. That is risky. Well, and, and you know, what? I, and we don't have an answer because no. then they cut to the present day people and then they cut to them looking at the end of the drawing. There's no way to tell. No, there's only so much you can do. Yeah. yeah. What happens to Cora, Jack's best girl? And make it. She's her and her dad are in that final scene. She she waves. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they. uh, Yeah, we'll figure out what we think that means in just a bit. Okay. Uh, Does did Rose have to throw the diamond in the ocean? No. Could have could have sold it. Yeah. College funds. Every every time we watch that movie, my dad says the same thing. She could have taken care of her family forever. I'm like, Dad, it's symbolic. It means more than that. Right. It's a little selfish. She's putting it back on the Titanic because they're right over the Titanic. Heart will go on. I don't know. I, you know, or maybe, or maybe that that uh, is whoops. <laughs> like, maybe it was an accident. Right. I, I just wanted to like look. I didn't mean <laughs> my old frail hands have dropped this right. priceless necklace. Have you have you guys seen the alternate ending? I saw it on YouTube that Bill Paxton and her granddaughter saw her walking to the end of the boat and like went to stop her and saw that she had the heart of the ocean. And she like, was like, (laughs) (laughs) if I were the granddaughter, I would be livid. Yeah. Be like, I worked my way through community college to go to the (laughs) blah, blah, blah. And you had that. Right. (laughs) I mean, she did good. She did well for herself. She She was an actor. She did. I mean, you know, they're not, they're not, They'd be probably second class on the Titanic. Fair. Yeah. Uh, but you can't go to church. That's no. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was church. Everyone had church. We just, just couldn't go to church in that one right. spot. Not, you didn't go with the captain. The captain held yeah. it for the first class people. Yeah. <laughs> Does the granddaughter hook up with Bill Paxton that night? Seems I feel like some flirty energy when there's they're discussions talking. happening. Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. just. Just some flirty energy. Did, did, did he draw her like one of his French girls? <laughs> That's the question. Bill Paxton, uh, RIP, mm. one of the greats. RIP. Underrated. Finally, does Rose die that night? Sam, I know you have some thoughts. Go for it. My funnest fact is, I hope you know it. And if you don't, I'm so excited to tell you that James Cameron told Gloria Stewart to hold her breath in the last scene. So she's laying there 
and you don't see her breathing. So it, it, it's a like it's it's one of those um, perfect endings, like um like an Inception or like a Shutter Island, where you're like, yeah. it could go either way because you listen to the song every night in my dreams. Mm-hmm. So you're like, she's dreaming about the Titanic, but then I don't know. I just I just love that. I think that's so cool that that he told her to hold her breath during that, during the scene where, you know, going over her face and you just, I mean, I want to say, yeah. Cause she find like, I think she dies because she's going back to the Titanic, but she's finally let go of the story that she, it was finally time, like going back to Titanic. That's where like a part of her, like maybe died that day, you know? And right. I think, I think she's dead. I do too. And the main reason I think she is, is because everyone that we see are people that we know died, died at the yeah. shipwreck. So uh, that that's the part that makes me think she died but it's great yeah it, it's it's a great oh. way to end the movie and it was the only way that they could end the movie to get jack and rose the final shot which i, I think was very important absolutely that, that and had to be i wonder shot. to go along with this thought gray is how long had it been since she had traveled by boat like what did she, i know she traveled in her life after the titanic but was it by train was it by automobile planes, planes, trains, and automobiles. And what if this was her first time returning back to the sea, you know? And I think right. that could be an interesting piece too of like, she waited until she was ready to go on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of the pictures that we see is she's apparently a pilot. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, she's, <laughs> she's, she's so doing all of it. Yeah, she did everything. Go Kate Winslet. Well, she, she did what Jack told her to do. She did. Yeah. Mm. God, the trauma though, mm. man. Okay, that's all I've got for Off the Wall. It's time for the Kelly Kretschmann, Jackie Train, and Haley McClinney Award for MVP. Your most valuable player in the movie, Sam Fisher, MVP. You know I got to go with Jack. I think he, mm. he, did, he did so many things, and he opened so many eyes, and he's handsome and perfect. So I think he's my MVP. Without, without him, we don't get so many things without his time travel you know <laughs> right yeah, yeah for the listening audience which is everyone sam just <laughs> held up are this funko pops is that yep. what a funko pop of jack and she has a rose and look at this tom look what she's got in her hair oh, oh butterfly details mm. they do a good mm-hmm. job with those I yeah like those. yes i could have a thousand of them it's not good <laughs> <sighs> i went with kate winslet Okay. Uh, I thought I thought her performance was was really great. I thought she um, she did a really great job as as we talked about of evolving in in what is in real time. You know, it's a long movie, but you know, it's a it's a short period of time to yeah. go from I am not impressed with Titanic to you know now I'm, I'm willing to leave my entire life for this guy I just met yeah. and make it be believable. And I thought it was really was, but I would also like to give special recognition regardless of haircut to Billy Zane, because again, swarming son of a gun. And I just, you hated that guy the worst from the very, Instantly. from the word go. The there was worst. No, there was no point. Where, because like I said, even with Rose's mom, there was a the scene where okay, you felt some sympathy for her. You know, at no point was I like, okay, Cal, all right, I see where you're coming. You're getting a raw deal. At no point was I I was like, for the please die on this ship, and he didn't. (laughs) But 
it was, but I, I love this. Like, yeah, but then he lost all his money and he killed himself. And I was like, okay, all right, I'll like accept. Ten that. years later, I will accept that. But yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, Billy Zane. I mean, if we do Tombstone, I'll talk more about Billy Zane. I was gonna bring him up about Tombstone. I'm like, oh. I still kind of hate him. I like yeah. he's a great character in Tombstone, and I'm like, you. <laughs> yeah. In uh, Back to the Future, small was, role in Back to the Future. Yep. One of the bullies. Oh, Billy. Billy Zane. Mm. We didn't talk a lot about him. I, I, a lot of people debate the performance. I think it's pretty good. I thought it was, yeah. Um, I thought it, yeah. There are but, a couple moments where maybe he went a little big, but I, I, thought, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, I don't think you could do anything too big in one of the biggest blockbusters of all time. That's fair. And about the biggest ship. Like, you right. got to go big. My MVP. I think that there is a case to be made here, and I'm not kidding, about for Celine Dion. Because you, you think about what she did putting together My Heart Will Go On that was not going to be a part of the movie really at all. And it was that that moment, that song was used as a score for pretty much all the important sequences mm-hmm. in the movie. The song became huge. She won two Grammys. She sang at the Oscars. I, I think you could argue for her as MVP. I think I would more argue that she she used Titanic to, to really blast off two Vegas residencies after. And right. you know, Celine Dion's career was already good. It was forever changed by Titanic. Oh, so true. Um, I, I think I'm going to go with, with, uh, with Leo. And here's why. When we talk about Leonardo DiCaprio, besides his dating habits, what do we say nowadays? That he is the best actor of his generation and one of the best of all time. And he was in some good stuff prior to this. What's eating Gilbert Grape and yeah. a couple other good Romeo and Juliet, like good movies. Mm-hmm. People knew who he was. Right. This shot him off to be a rock star, and it's because of his performances, Jack. The believability, the relatability, you know, the fact that he and Kate Winslet looked really good together, and their chemistry is off the charts. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that everything about Leo makes him the MVP of this film. He did a great job of like like we talked about with the caviar and the and the different utensils of you felt like this is how I would be if I was in this mm-hmm. situation yeah because that you know that's the I think pretty much all of us having watched watched the movie we would probably be more in the third to steerage area yeah first class so it was like we we kind of dancing on tables right, would yes, be the first time indeed and I think too that he as an actor gets across. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, is this a bar in Athens? Maybe. Somewhere. Is your hat on, Tom? And is it backwards? Somewhere Nathan Sheehan is laughing. Oh, yes. Ooh. I think that... And others are staring off into space. <laughs> I, is there a film? I feel like I would love to see this. Uh, actually, yes. Okay. There is, there is video. Thank goodness this is an audio medium. Mm, yes. No one. I, um, I was going to add about Leo, like how much he conveys without saying anything. I think that makes that that's something that you really saw in Titanic with his looks and with yeah, he just knew what he was feeling without him saying anything. Like after he failed getting on the door, and he's realizing, yes, like, I'm. He gives a nod. I wrote it down in one of my moments. Let's say yeah. I just didn't want to take up too much time, but there he gives a nod of realization, like, okay, I'm not getting out of here. And it's it's a yeah. second, maybe less. But it's and such it, a big deal. It's it's a great mm-hmm. just I, I don't know if that was direction or just Leo mm-hmm. doing Leo because he ad lived a lot in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was uh just again a great showcase of his talent, this film. Yeah. There's a similar mm-hmm. nod. Well, after they have the meet, the meeting with Thomas and Rose and them, and and they're leaving, 
you know, Rose gives them the hug and they leave. And then as they're going out the door, Jack kind of looks back and just nods yeah. at Tom. And it's, it's really quick, but it's like one of those, it was almost like he was saying, it's not your fault, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. but you know. I like when, after he says something about her being more of like an indoor girl and kind of goes like, you know, like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. I can't argue with any of the choices, nor can I argue with the fact that Titanic is awesome. A mega blockbuster, one of the best movies of all time, and unequivocally one of the biggest movies ever made. Yeah, and then uh, the acting, because you know the special effects, obviously great. The encompassing of, of the different sets they had to build, and, and the way that it is just amazing. But the acting did a good job of turning what could have been cheesy roles. Yeah, like it That's could have gone cheesy really easily, and they didn't. They kept it believable the entire time. I thought it was really well done. Yeah, like you jump, I jump. That's cheesy, mm-hmm. but it didn't come. It it never. It it. You're like, damn right, you jump, I jump. Like you right. felt it. Yeah, I'll, I'll never let go. That could be cheesy. I mean, no cheesy, not cheesy. Still, exactly. let's go, but whatever. Yeah, he was dead. Like he didn't mean specifically. Like carry I my, just, carry it's my corpse everywhere. It's ironic. It just is. It's beautiful. <laughs> She's like, I gotta. Let I'll never let go. Now. Bye. <laughs> I gotta let go if I'm gonna go live and be old, like you said. Yeah, and right. and and she was mm. 101. Oh, oh boy! Um, I did have one fun fact that I wanted to just say, like a personal thing with Titanic was when I I this is when I first realized like what movies really meant. When I was young, I remember saying to my dad when we're watching the awkward scene of the drawing, I'm like, Dad, isn't it so cool that they found an actor that could draw? Like that's how you know, like young just and my dad's like that's not leo <laughs> and i said well who is, like this is before the inner really like that he knew that it was james cameron drawing and he's like well maybe i guess it could be leo drawing you know like it doesn't and that's that's when like the glass shattered for me of movies where it's like oh other people can do it and you don't see their face and like the stunt double like it just blew me out of the water where he's like that's not leo <laughs> <laughs> like, oh yeah, fascinating that it's James Cameron. Fascinating. Yeah, no. Yeah, that interesting. It's like here, let me cash you in this movie, but real quick, let's not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fun. Poor little Sam was like, oh. <laughs> Other people. Mm. <laughs> That's Titanic, and that is out of the box office. Before we wrap up, let's head to the rec room. This is gonna be something we do every time because we're gonna rotate the guests. A recommendation of something great that we've seen lately to give to the listening audience that we suggest. Samu, what is your rec for the rec room? I think everybody and everybody they know should watch Ted Lasso. I know it's like, it's not overly recent because it's had a couple seasons, but I think it's phenomenal. And like, it's like what we were just talking about, about borderline cheesy things that aren't cheesy and just really meaningful and, um, fun and sports and i just i i i think everybody should watch ted lasso hmm. i love it do you want me to go tom yes but okay. I, I i have one but you can go ahead. all right uh my I, I know that we just we just saw a terrible hurricane go through the state of florida i, I will say though and maybe the people down in florida need time to watch this show one of the most well put together television shows i've ever seen ever is five days at Memorial on Apple TV plus it's about hurricane Katrina and Uh a situation that happens at Memorial hospital uh, in new Orleans. 
It is hard to watch. It is not a binge. Do not binge it. You might be able to get through two episodes a night, but it is one of the most well put together shows I've ever seen. Acting phenomenal, writing phenomenal. The first five episodes in particular might be some of the best television I've seen in a long time in terms of just how they put that story together, how they showed the hurricane, how they showed the effects of the hurricane on the people there. It's, it's really phenomenal. So five days of Memorial gets the recommendation from Gray Robertson. Eight episodes, one season, Apple TV plus. Hmm. I'm going to go with uh, on Netflix, the untold they do on the girlfriend who didn't exist for Manti Teo. It is, it's two episodes long. They're both an hour from this is speaking from an Alabama fan who made more than one joke about one man Tai Teow and the guy was gullible. I mean, the, the, you know, the, there was some uh, need to for joke making to be had, but you look at it and you understand how it happened and you, you have a lot more sympathy for him, you know, after watching that. And I thought it was a really well done documentary. They talked to virtually everybody that yeah. was involved. Uh, so I, I would, I, would I think, I think let the guilty party off the hook a little, a little bit a little much. Yeah. You can't, you can't just destroy a man's life because you're having a existential crisis. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, I, I would also argue. I'm glad that, that we heard from. I agree. Person. I agree. Uh, yes. But yes. Um, I, I think the last five minutes of the second episode of that is some of the most emotional just documentary work you'll find mm-hmm. what Manti says in those last five minutes is, oh, yeah. is truly remarkable. Yeah. You, you definitely become a, a Manti Teo fan. I think, yeah. At the end of it. I, we all did him wrong. We yeah. did. Yeah. Especially Alabama just absolutely destroyed the game. I know oh. that was the one part where they're like, yeah, he wouldn't play. Well. I was like, I don't yeah. think it would have made a difference. Yeah, it didn't really matter. He could have played Eddie great. Lacey would have run over him either yeah. way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see those two different the offensive defensive lines against each other? No, nah. Alabama was winning that game. A little, little big, <laughs> a little bigger in the crimson. A little bit. Roll tide. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Sam Fisher, thank you so much for joining us here on Out of the Box Office. Funko Pops, back up. <laughs> We're glad you could chat about Titanic with us, Sam. This is the best day of my life. No, oh. that's what we strive to do on the Out of the Box <laughs> podcast. When Make- we come back, we're making dreams happen. That's what we do. <laughs> We've got another one of these coming up very soon. I don't know. The schedule with fall ball kicking off is going to be kind of weird because we're going to be all over the place and still soccer. By the way, Alabama soccer crushing it. Uh, Volleyball still going on. So we're going to do our best to get one of these out as soon as possible. But, you know, if not, then we'll talk to you at media days. (laughs) I'm ready. Let's go. Sounds good to me. For my partner, Tom Canterbury, I'm Gray Robertson. Thanks to Sam Fisher for joining us. And thank you to all of you for tuning in. We'll see you next time on the Out of the Box Podcast.